Pass Around the Smile is like your go-to friend, the one that lifts you up and backs you to the end. She's there to guide and inspire, challenge and teach, and remind you that your best self isn't out of reach. Self-development, manifestation, self-love and more, it's time to trust the process more than ever before. Welcome to Pass Around the Smile, the podcast. I'm your host, Cleo Massey, and I am so glad you're here. Let the magic begin. Hello and welcome back to the Pass Around the Smile podcast. I cannot believe this is my 10th episode. Like, has this actually been going for 10 weeks or did I put some double episodes out some weeks? I'm going to have to look because I do not feel like I've had a podcast for 10 weeks. And if I have had a podcast for 10 weeks, that's crazy. And if this is your 10th episode that you're listening to, thank you and I love you and you're amazing. Thanks for coming along on my little podcasting journey. (laughs) How are we all? How are we feeling? I am feeling finally on top of things. Like for so long there, I just felt like I kind of had my head just up out of the water. Is that the saying? That's not the saying, is it? But I'm just going to go with it. You know what I mean? I just felt like I could not get on top of anything and I felt quite anxious and Yeah, but now I'm finally on top of things and I'm also really, really working on letting go of the guilt of when I do need to rest. I know some of you will be able to uh, relate with working for yourself. It kind of like, I don't know, you don't really stop um, and it's hard to kind of give yourself the set hours, but I'm just becoming okay with stopping when I need to. I figured if I had a full-time job where I worked for someone else, I would every now and then, you know, call in sick or have a mental health day. So I am working on doing those things for me when I need guilt free. Saying no without feeling guilty is one of the most powerful things that you could ever, ever do. So let's get into this episode because it's a very, very exciting one. It's a Q&A. I asked you guys as my community. And if you're not in my Facebook group, feel free to join. I'll put the link in the show notes. And I got some incredible questions. And why I'm so excited about this episode is that these aren't surface level questions. And it really made me so excited because I realized that my listeners and my community, you guys are so in tune and so far along your self-development journey, your spiritual journey, whatever you want to call it, because these questions that you were asking were so powerful and so good. And there are a couple there where I really had to think about my answer before giving it. So I am so excited to get into this. And I want to start with Tanya's question. So Tanya Tanya's question was, I just said Tanya three times in a row. (laughs) Tanya, did you guys know that this is Tanya's question? (laughs) Tanya said, (laughs) what have you done or should you do when you have manifested something and it happened and it was amazing and you used a lot of energy and belief and felt like a magician because it really worked. You also felt grateful, but then when living what you manifested It didn't actually feel right. For me, this was slash is my career change. Okay, such a good question, Tanya. (laughs) So first of all, before I get onto my answer, I do want to say that my answers are just my opinion. Someone else might have a different answer. And I actually really encourage you guys, if you have had an experience or if you have a different thought as to what I'm saying in correspondence to someone 
else's question that they're asking on the podcast, pop it in the Facebook group. This doesn't just have to be for me to answer. And this is just my opinion. You can take it or leave it. I will not be offended. So Tanya, 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 how many times do you reckon in this episode I'm going to say Tanya? Uh, So Tanya, (laughs) okay, I really got to stop. It's not even funny. So I have two kind of parts to my answer on this one. The first part of the answer, I want to gravitate to the law of rhythm which I think you're experiencing the law of rhythm here. Remember that the law of rhythm, I said this in episode three, it works in seasons and cycles and it reminds us that things come up and they come down and they go in and they go out and that's just the way of life and we have to kind of get comfortable in the flow of life. Things change, right? We do go through these different seasons where we are essentially different versions of ourself. So you manifested this thing successfully and you felt like a magician and you knew that you manifested it because it was so specific to what you were manifesting, right? Which is so magical and so amazing. You obviously wanted it at the time or it was important to you at the time. If that has now changed and you were living out your manifestation and it's not feeling quite right, that's okay. Maybe you're entering a new cycle. Maybe you're entering a new season. And the thing is, you don't want to look back and think, I was manifesting the wrong thing and I've got myself into this position now that I don't even want because you don't know your next career move or career change could come from this job that you have now. This could all be a part of the process in getting you to your dream job. So in saying that, the second part of my answer is that I do believe you can sometimes manifest things that aren't meant for you. So it really, I can't say what you are meant to do, Tanya, or what you aren't meant to do because I don't know you personally, but you could either have manifested it and it was meant to be, but now the cycle or season has changed and you are moving on and this particular manifestation is going to help you get to the next stage, or you may have forced it into your life and it wasn't meant to be. And that's okay too. I've definitely done that. And I almost did it with huge things in my life, uh, like acting, where I was so close to getting some of those roles. But if I had got those roles, I wouldn't be where I am now. So thank God. But I have done it where I've successfully manifested something and I've been like, oh, I don't think that was actually right for me. I think I may have been doing it, you know, listening into my ego or doing it because my parents expected it or doing it because my friends suggested that that would be a good way to go or because society says whatever. But the cool thing is, Tanya, is you obviously have the ability to self-reflect because you asked this amazing question. So what you want to do now is you want to go back to the step two of ask. You know how in the Law of Attraction episode I went through the steps? So you want to go back to the step of ask and think, was what you were asking for genuinely for you? Because it might still be for you and it's just not feeling right because you're uncomfortable. But is it the bad uncomfortable that we definitely don't deserve to feel or is it the good uncomfortable where you're out of your comfort zone? So that could actually be a part three answer to this question. Are you, is it not feeling right because you are scared? Are you leaning into fear of where this could go? Or are you uncomfortable because it isn't right anymore and that's okay? Maybe it was right and now it's not. Maybe it was never right and this is a lesson in itself to really work on when you're asking for something, when you're about to go into the process of manifestation, going, is this exactly what I want and is it what I genuinely want, me personally? So I hope, Tanya, (laughs) you liked that answer and I hope that it resonated. Please let me know. Okay, the next question is from Chantel. 
Now her question is, I'm not sure if this would be a question or an episode on its own, but what are some tricks to manifest when you are a multi-passionate person? I feel like I could go in a million directions as everything seems to excite me, but then I get stuck and don't move forward with any ideas or manifestation. And a second question is any tricks for getting a restful sleep for someone who is constantly thinking of ideas when their head hits the pillow? Okay, Chantel, I can relate to part one and part two of your question. So let's go with the part one. A million ideas, what do you actually manifest before you get overwhelmed and then don't manifest anything at all? I can definitely relate. I'm also a multi-passionate person and there have been many times where I've been so overwhelmed with so many creative and exciting ideas that I've almost just shut off with that feeling of, you know, this is all too overwhelming, maybe feeling a bit anxious and kind of shutting it all down. But I think in this day and age, we do live in a world where we can walk several paths at once. And that is realistic because we have the tools to help us do so, whether like it depends on what you're doing, but whether it's, you know, Canva or virtual personal assistance or we have social media there are so many different avenues that do allow us to have little side hustles and all of you know different things going on all at once and I used to think that just because another door would open that that meant another door would shut but that's absolutely not the case when another door opens I think it's an invitation from the universe to walk two three four paths at once and I think One thing I want to say is when an idea comes up, it's put on your heart for a reason, first of all, but don't be afraid to like share your ideas with family or friends or even someone random that might come into your life that maybe they're coming into your life for a reason to help you bring this idea to fruition. I know I've had a lot of ideas that have been too big for me personally to birth And then, you know, a couple of months or a couple of years later, I will share that idea with someone and they will be the person that helps me bring it to fruition. So if you have a couple of ideas that are going to actually come alive, if you do it with someone else, then maybe put that into motion. Don't be afraid to ask for help. It doesn't have to be you carrying all the weight. Personally, I think that we should all give everything a red hot shot and then we will know what kind of weight each idea carries. Trust your gut and go from how you're feeling. If one idea is feeling incredible, then go with the flow, see how it ends up. And then another idea might start to feel really uncomfortable and really yucky. Trust your gut. So that's a good way in kind of knowing, but also look at your vibration. I guess. So let's say that you do decide to go, okay, I'm going to give all of my multi-passionate ideas a go. If you see yourself as, you know, moving forward with one idea and then starting to feel maybe a little bit guilty because the first manifestation and what you thought you wanted growing up as, you know, a young girl is now not getting any attention because you're giving these other ideas a go, Are these other ideas raising your vibration and having you feel, you know, powerful and excited and inspired? Because if so, even if you are, you know, working a few hours less a week on that original manifestation, sorry, or idea, I think your vibration being on that 
high level from the new things that you are working on far outweighs that few hours that you're missing out on because you are then bringing that vibration to your original idea as well. So you can think about it in a vibrational frequency kind of way where if you are lifting your vibration, if these other ideas are making you feel good, that is only going to benefit the other ideas and the other manifestations that you are materializing as well. Chantel, I don't know if this was a part of your question, but it's something that came up when I was reading it as well is when you do have multiple things that you want are you supposed to kind of separate them or ask for them at the one time I definitely think you can manifest a whole heap of things at once and I do think that you know when it rains it pours if something good happens in this area of your life it will be like a snowball effect again because your vibration is high you're attracting all of the good things but I think when you are actively manifesting something and you are at the step of ask separate them to just get really clear with yourself and with the universe as to what it is that you want. So I hope that makes sense and then Part two of your question about having all of these ideas and your mind racing before you go to bed, I am exactly the same. It it can be really hard and especially because we do get a lot of creative inspiration, answers, guidance and really good ideas when we're in that theta state. Is that how you say it? Theta? 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 I don't know. Anyway, when you're in that state, that is when you get all of the good stuff. So it's like, do I turn on the light and write this good idea down and wake myself up? Or do I get out my phone, which will also wake me up? Or do I go to sleep and possibly forget the idea? So I don't have a great answer to this other than meditation. A good sleeping meditation always gets me. But yeah, sometimes those creative ideas are missed out on if you just go to sleep. Okay, Shana's question is, what are your ways of getting out of a comparison funk, e.g. comparing yourself to someone else slash their journey and feeling down that you aren't where you'd like to be? Okay, so I would definitely do a journaling session and I would do a little comparison exercise on yourself. So where are you now and where were you two years ago or four years ago or six years ago, whatever it is, look how far you've come. I think the only healthy way to compare is to compare with yourself. So really take a look at the little things and the big things and look at all different areas in your life. Because let's say if there's one area in your life that may feel like it's lacking for you or you may have this area of your life that you really compare to someone particular that you know or even someone that you know you know on social media I know that can be really easy to do well then you will see in other areas of your life how far you've come and again using that like vibration to lift yourself up and go oh my gosh but look how far I've come here and then in saying that in the area that you might be feeling a bit yucky about looking how far you've come compared to you not compared to that other person comparison definitely is the thief of joy and it's so natural and so normal to feel so when it comes up don't judge yourself there's nothing weird about it it's completely normal but yeah I'd say only compare to you and really pat yourself on the back for how far you have come as an individual and remembering too that everyone's pace is different the pace that you are going is perfect for you I also want to add to the exercise the comparison exercise that you could do with yourself is I think when we are looking at comparison we all of a sudden jump to 
career or like money wise or our version of success, where are we? But what about mentally, emotionally? How far have you come? What boundaries have you set? Uh, What emotional hurdles have you overcome? How do you react now to negative situations compared to how you reacted two years ago? So I think things like that are really good to compare to. And like I said, then you might see, oh my gosh, I've come so far in this area and this start to feel really good about yourself. And you also get a little bit of an overview of what is important to you. Maybe your emotional well-being was at the forefront of your importance for the last two years and you have come so far. So yeah, maybe your career, just for example, has like fallen behind, but that's because it wasn't important to you. So why are you comparing your career, for example, to someone whose career was in the forefront of their mind for the last two years? Just some, some food for thought. All right, our next question is from Josie and her question is, I would love to know how you journal. Do you answer specific questions on how you feel or base it off the cards you pull? Okay, so when you're feeling blocked and you're not really sure what to write in your journal, basing your journal prompts off the cards you pull out of your decks, your pass around the smile decks, of course, um, is a really, really great way to start and that one kind of card will help your thoughts kind of snowball. So for example, you might pull a card. First of all, start to write about how pulling that card made you feel. Did it make you feel uncomfortable because you know it's true? Did it make you feel excited because this must mean that something exciting is coming? Did it make you feel full of gratitude? Did it kind of bring up how you really need to forgive that family family member or that friend? So how did it make you feel? And then that will kind of help you snowball into what is this bringing up for you? Uh, what do you need to work on? In This is in regard to the card you pulled. So it's going to be about something specific, whether it's about family or career or travel or work or, you know, a particular person, friend. So I think allow it to snowball. And the thing with journaling is you do not want to judge yourself as you are doing it. I hide my journals, especially when like, I don't know, I have people coming over or something, I will hide them because they are personal and no one else ever has to read your journal. So have that in, like if it helps you when you're journaling to know that you are then going to hide your journal after it, then do that. Um, remember when we were little and there was those journals that had like the verbal password on it, but the verbal password was like the same every time. It was like girl talk. <laughs> Anyway, let's bring those back. Petition to bring those back. Um, So yeah, if that's going to help you know that whatever you write is just so judgment free and then just let your pen go. I also, I had someone say to me once, I've never written anything negative in my journal because I'm so scared that I'm going to kind of ruin the journal and give it bad juju and manifest something negative. We've got to remember that manifestation It can be easy, but it does take a lot to manifest something. And the only reason why manifesting is sometimes easy is because we have put in the positive work beforehand. But the negative work, for example, like you just 
writing about your negativity in a journal isn't going to manifest it into happening because you need to take actionable steps into manifesting something negative. And I don't think that you are going to do that. I mean, we've all been in really, you know, kind of low places and negative uh, frames of minds where maybe we have, you know, taken some actionable steps to manifest something negative. But when you're journaling, you are aware of what you're journaling about. So that's a positive because you are getting it out. It is a form of release. When you are writing about negative things, it like comes off your shoulders. It comes off your mind. It feels so good. The pages that I have filled in my journal full of anger, full of sometimes hate, because I don't want to let that reside in my body and in my energy. I want to get it out onto paper and really articulate how I feel. So I urge you to not judge yourself and just to write whatever comes to mind. Sometimes it's not going to make sense either. That doesn't matter. Sometimes like you will look back and it will be the answer to something that you have been thinking about or you will even tell your own future. I think that we are all a little bit psychic and if you go back and read in your journal notes, something that you have written, you know, years ago, it could have come true now. Who knows? I do journal a lot, but even for someone who journals a lot, I get stuck with questions. So very often I will go back to the journal prompts in my positive guidance journal and read them, like get them off there. Like even if I have answered them already, I will just take different questions from different kind of areas and put them into my journal and kind of relate them to different areas in my life, if that makes sense. So the positive guidance journal, of course, is pass around the smile journal and there's prompts at the start and in the middle of the journal just to get you back on track and also to get you asking yourself the more uncomfortable questions that you probably won't just ask yourself out of your mind because it's too uncomfortable. But if you have a journal prompt there, you're kind of forced to answer it, if that makes sense. I also want to say that not one page in my journal personally is the same. Don't be afraid to, you know, fill one page with gratitude and then the next page you might be really frustrated about something that happened at work. The next page might be full of your aspirations and your goals. The next page might be going through the card reading that you just did and noting all the cards down with dates so you can look back and see when those cards, you know, came true. It might be a journal session on the full moon when you can't stop crying. It might even be a little gossiping session because you don't want to gossip about this person or situation in real life. So you get that out of your system in your journal. Don't judge yourself. Allow your journal to be your safe space. And I can promise you it will have you feeling lighter. It is such an incredible tool when you are feeling good and when you are not feeling good. It is so good when you're feeling good to manifest your desires and to feel even better. And it's so good when you are feeling confused or low to let those feelings out or to get clear on what it is you're feeling confused about. It's so powerful. And now we have another question on journaling from Paige, and it's how crucial do you think journaling is in the process slash your well-being? I enjoy it when I do it, but I find it difficult to get motivated to journal. I clearly have time, but procrastinate, put it off, and maybe it's even self-sabotage. How would you recommend building a routine around journaling? 
So Paige, it sounds like journaling is something that you really enjoy, but it's one of those things that I guess you're maybe looking at as a self-development exercise. So that can be uncomfortable or it can be a bit of a drag to think about. Whereas if you try and train your mind to think journaling is just a, you know, an outlet for my thoughts and I really enjoy it rather than like, this is a self-development exercise that I know I should be doing for my mental health. So maybe reframing it in your mind of how you kind of, I don't know, see it. The other way is if you really enjoy it and if you feel like you do get a lot out of it when you are doing it, maybe putting it up the importance scale in your life. Like, do you make time for exercise? For example, if you make time for exercise, then maybe you need to make time for journaling because it's just as important for your mental well-being. So for example, what is already a routine in your life? Let's say it's your skincare routine that you do at night. Well, maybe you can add to that routine. Start little three minutes of journaling after you do your skincare routine every night. And then, you know, Dr. Gina Cleo spoke very well about it in her habits episode. You make it a habit and then it just becomes a part of your life. So it's not something that you are not looking forward to or feeling uncomfortable about. It's just the fact that you do it and it's a part of what you do. And I think remembering too that journaling can be uncomfortable, especially if we are feeling really yucky. I know when I've been in a funk before, the last thing I want to do is journal or even meditate or any of these self-development practices because I'm comfortable. I'm negative and I'm having a wow-wow. So I just want to, you know, stay in that low state because it's easy. It takes way too much effort to get out of that. So that could be another reason to look at why, why are you putting it off? Is it because you are feeling uncomfortable about facing some situations in your life that you know that if you start to unpack, it will be, you know, quite a lot, but we've got to think if we don't do it now, will we ever do it? And these emotional releases that we can get through journaling can help us figure out where these limiting beliefs came from or why this particular manifestation is blocked or why when this you know, situation or conversation gets brought up? Do I, you know, feel so nervous and sick in the tummy all of a sudden? These are the things that journaling can bring up. It is so powerful. And then it unlocks you to move forward. All right. I think that's enough on journaling. Okay. Jaren asked, what do you believe is the key difference between manifestation and wishing for something is? Great question, Jaren. So wishing is just an element of manifestation and it's a small element. When we wish for something, we just hope that it happens without any work. So if we add wishing in with some manifestation practices, that is when you can, that's when it kind of works together really, really well. So you want to, of course, wish for something. And I guess that is the element in manifestation of believing, But you want to not just wish that it happens. You're not just going to sit on the couch. It's going to turn up. You want to mix that wishing with manifestation practices like acting as if, taking actionable steps toward your goals, visualization, gratitude. So I think the key difference is that wishing is just hoping and not doing any work. And manifestation is using wishing plus the other good things like I just mentioned. So yeah, good question though. 
Taylor asked, do you have any plans on touring Australia again? I would love to attend and have only just discovered Pass Around the Smile. Oh my gosh. Hi, Taylor. Welcome to Pass Around the Smile. Um, Look, in all honesty, the reason I started this podcast was so I didn't have to do as many live events just because they take so much energy to organize. They're expensive to organize and yeah, they are really fun and I will never stop doing them. I I promise I will get them back up and happening in the near future. Probably not, but keep a lookout because I will. Just, I have nothing planned at the moment, but you have the podcast. Yay. <laughs> okay. Joanna asked, I know you've talked about this already, but can you talk a little bit more about learning how to really trust yourself? So really trusting yourself is so hard and the answer is somewhat frustrating because it does take time and work but becoming at that point where you just fully trust and believe in yourself is when you are in complete alignment with yourself and your beliefs and your values and your goals and your aspirations so first of all figuring out what it is exactly that you want quietening the outside noise and then how best for you can you work toward those goals because You might have the same goal as someone else, right? But the process of you both getting to that goal will be completely different because you have different values and beliefs. So working that out and ways that you can work this stuff out is through meditation, journaling, getting really connected with yourself and feeling at one with your higher self and your inner child and what it is that you really do genuinely want. That's when you can begin to trust yourself fully. So many good things come from when you do get really in tune with yourself and you do trust yourself. Like, for example, that uncomfortable feeling that we all get really often, you will be able to so quickly and easily identify if that is a good uncomfortable that's just pushing you out of your comfort zone a little bit, or if it's an uncomfortable where your gut is saying, this is not like, this is a no, or this is dangerous. So there are so many benefits. And I know that's what you're asking. Like, how do I get there? But it really is meditation, journaling, pull your cards, get connected to you, the true essence of you. Okay, the next question is from Bonnie Little Babes, I think is her uh, handle on Instagram. This is such a good question. And this is one of the ones that I had to go away and I had to think about. Her question is, what is the difference between legit signs from the universe and the reticular activating system? Oh my gosh, such a good question. And it's so funny. I don't know if it was my reticular activating system that brought this question into my podcast, but it's something that I have been just learning about in the last couple of months. And I didn't realize how kind of linked to manifestation and attracting signs it was. But I guess for those of you who don't know what the reticular activating system is, it's a bunch of like nerves that sit in your brain stem. And it makes you aware of the things that you believe in or that you are thinking about. So it brings those things to your attention. On the contrary, things that you don't believe in, that you don't want to know, it will kind of not hide them, but just your reticular activating system won't be 
aware and alert to those things that you don't believe in. So I guess you can think of it like when you have, say, a person who is really opinionated about a certain topic, well, their reticular activating system is showing them all the things that prove that they are right. So you can see why they are so passionate about that thing being the way that they think it is. I personally think that maybe we should call it the RAS because it's a bit of a (laughs) mouthful to say, but I think the RAS is just another scientific explanation of how the law of attraction manifesting and attracting signs is so like we have two types of people in this world well there's many more people type many more types of people than two people but there are the type of people who need a science explanation and there are people who would rather just lean on belief and faith so personally I am a I I prefer to lean on belief and faith but sometimes when I am losing faith I like to hear about the scientific explanations behind all the woo-woo topics but I think when you are attracting signs right it depends on who you are as a person if you are going to see it as your RAS attracting this thing into your life then that's okay because your RAS is connected to who you are as a person and who you want to see and it's connected to your goals and aspirations and it's going to help you get there. So if signs are coming up, that means that you want something. So if you're going to see it like that from the scientific point of view, then that's great. Personally, I see it as more magical, but if I want to give like a a more kind of interesting and probably a more clear answer to this question... I think there are two types of kind of signs that we can manifest. For example, let's say that I decide I see this red car and I'm like, I really want that red car. That's a really nice car. And then, you know, the next week I have seen 30 of that car where previously before I had never seen that car before. At my Pass Around the Smile events, I always tell this kind of car story as this is the law of attraction working in simple form. But maybe what I mean by the law of attraction working in simple form is your RAS working. However, let's say, for example, something that happened to me just the other week was I woke up in the middle of the night at 2.22 a.m. And I was like, oh, cool. That's, that's an angel number. That's cool. Went back to sleep. When I woke up in the morning, I had an order on Pass Around the Smile for $222. Then later that afternoon, I was recording a podcast and I hadn't looked at my phone the whole time, but my, I happened to look over as it lit up and it was 2.22 p.m. I see a sign like that versus the sign with the car as this is like so magical and a little bit unexplainable. So personally, I see that as like a magical sign from the universe, but where the law of attraction is working in simple form, that is probably just your reticular activating system. But learning to lean on your reticular activating system as a little bit of a, you know, a magical blessing that we have in our scientific makeup. Thank you so much for showing me what I need to see right now. It's pretty cool. Does that answer your question? (laughs) I hope so. It's such a good one. Okay, Mama Lamprey asked for my top three manifestation tips, please. (laughs) Okay, so my first one would be you don't always know what's best for you and to be open to possibilities that may seem weird, unexciting, small, 
maybe those they don't make sense. Just being open because you never know what the universe is trying to do. Tip number two, if you already completely believe that you have something, you will manifest it. You've got to believe that that thing has already materialized in your life. It's a part of your life. It's a part of you. You will manifest it. It's just energy attracting energy. Again, like the science side comes into this as well. I love Wayne Dyer's quote, which is everything that exists right now was once imagined, which means everything that will exist is now being imagined. Use your gift of imagination to your ability. Oh, (laughs) I think I got the last bit wrong, but it's something like that. It's so powerful. And I guess if it does work for you to think of your reticular activating system as your the imagination that is going to bring your desires into fruition, then it's just another way of doing it, really. I think some magical elements really elevates it and there is so much more to the law of attraction that comes in. But the reticular activating system is a tool that we can absolutely use to see more of what we want to see and to block out more of what we don't want to see. My third tip is sitting on the vibrational frequency of gratitude is the most powerful place that you can be. And it really, nothing compares. So when in doubt, what are you grateful for? Raise your vibration. And when you are in that state of just feeling so incredibly grateful, use it to your advantage and start to visualize and manifest what it is that you want because you are in a powerful state for attracting. Okay, the last question. I have really enjoyed this Q&A. I hope you guys have too. So this is from Lisa Margaret. Morning routine. I'm someone who will get up and pick up my phone. I don't always look at social media, but will play a game, etc. I don't want to pick it up at all. Do you have any suggestions on what I can replace this with? Oh, Lisa, same. I, yeah, it's really, really hard. It's like conditioned to, I guess, our alarm is usually our phone and then we're already on it. But if you've listened to Dr. Gina Cleo's episode, she is a habit scientist. I can't remember the number of her episode now, but listen to Gina Cleo's episode. She actually talks about this and how you can create a habit change through actually getting an alarm clock, putting your phone in a different room for when you wake up. She has some incredible ways that you can combat this. So I recommend listening to that. Thank you guys so much. That really, really was fun. And if you'd like a part two Q&A, don't be afraid to reach out and ask me more questions. Hop in my Facebook group. I... I love connecting with you guys as well. So please let me know what you're thinking of the podcast. Let me know if you've had any positive changes or some manifestations. Yeah, it's all really exciting. But thank you so much for listening to another episode. As always, it would help me so much. I have only just learned that rating podcasts, of course, a five-star rating (laughs) on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts really helps with getting your podcast out there and more people to listen. I want to spread positivity as far as I can. So thank you for helping me pass around the smile. 